Hello, folks. DJ Piowski here. Uh, thrilled to be back with you for another No Laying Up podcast. Uh, we have a very different type of episode for you today. Tron and I are going to be joined by our good friend Jim Hartzell, who is the author of multiple golf books, a longtime friend of ours. I was thinking about today, I think he's probably one of the first NLU listeners any of us really met in person. He was, he's been listening to the podcast forever. Uh, he was one of the first members out at Sweeten's Cove, which is where we always used to run into him a million years ago. And he is just an infectiously good guy that just puts you in a good mood uh, whenever you get to spend some time with him, either you know, digitally, uh, like we did today or, or in person. Jim is also the subject of a film, a capital F film that we released this week called when revelation comes, which was directed by our friend, Mac golden, uh, who has worked with us forever. We were also lucky to have on the podcast with us today. I would say that if you are able to do so, I would definitely recommend watching the film first. It is now live on our YouTube channel, uh, it's pretty emotional. It's a pretty emotional journey through some pretty massive tragedy in Jim's life, but I think it also does a really good job shining a light on all the people and the places that really helped him put his life back together, many of which we're going to give some more details on and uh, discuss on the podcast here today. Uh, the film is obviously pretty heavy in some spots, but the podcast today was really, really fun. Uh, just kind of talking about a lot of good memories, all the reasons why Jim loves Scotland, uh, all the reasons why he's always loved going there for his whole life. And uh, I think it's just going to really shine through today uh, just how much he loves kind of anything and everything uh, that has to do with with Scotland, which obviously he's he's going to find a pretty uh, sympathetic audience because we all tend to agree with that as well. Last thing I'm going to say before we get started is that uh, if you are at all interested in Scotland, in golf in Scotland, in Jim's story, in Jordan's story, I would really recommend picking up a copy of Jim's book, which is also titled When Revelation Comes. Uh, the best place to do that is to go to back9press.com and buy it directly from the publisher. So again, that's called When Revelation Comes, back9press.com. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Jim uh, and our friend Matt Golden about when Revelation comes. Enjoy. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Honey, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. My name is DJ, standing in for our fearless leader, Solly. Uh, we have quite a crew assembled here today. Our Scottish contingent, we have Tron Carter. Tron, greetings. Hello. Hi. How are you? Greetings. Good day. Good to be with you. And I've, I've had a smile on my face for the last two weeks just because we've been putting out all this Scotland stuff and being able to relive it and, and just relive those experiences. Gosh, I love that place. Well, we're going to do some more reliving today. We're going to talk... We've, we finally let the Wizard of Oz out from behind his curtain. Matt Golden has, I'd say, exactly 17 minutes outside of the edit bay. Matt, hi. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm taking a, taking a little break from, you know, our final touches on the film and feel strange to uh, talk to other adults. This is weird. <laughs> Usually just clicking away on my keyboard, but yeah. We will get into a little bit of how uh, who Matt is and where you've seen all of his work and uh, why he is on the podcast today just shortly. But before we do, I want to introduce our final guest, one of our absolute favorite people on the planet. Uh, you've probably heard him on the Trap Draw podcast. You've read his writing in the Golfer's Journal or Link's Diary or right here on NoLangUp.com. It is our good friend, uh, 
Jim Hartzell coming to us from Huntsville, Alabama. Hartzell, Alabama, really, I guess. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Well, look, DJ, it's an honor, you know, to be on the main podcast. I've, I've been on the trap draw several times, and I didn't think I'd ever graduate to the to the top echelon, but here, but here I am. So, so thank you for having me on. You know what? It's the end of the baseball season. We're calling guys up, you know, we're going to see, <laughs> see what they're made of. Now's the time to shine. <laughs> College football started, you know, just that's right. Just get, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, Jim, thanks for hopping on. We are going to talk at length about uh, the film that we dropped this week. Uh, when revelation comes, which of course shares the title with a book that Jim wrote, last year uh and has talked at great length about and and we were finally able to kind of tell that story on our youtube channel and so we're going to get into all of the details around that and how it came together and and uh really speak to uh my good friends who who made it happen here so but before we do no ads on this podcast it's just a bonus bonus episode but we do really really want to shout out our good friends at footjoy who made a lot of this stuff happen they help sponsor our film rooms that we did from there they help sponsor the main film I think this is, you know, without putting too fine a point on it, this is kind of illustrates exactly why we wanted to partner with FootJoy, with Titleist, with all the people over there. Their main directive at the beginning of the year was kind of just go do what you guys think you should be working on, and we are going to be there to support it. And uh, this is probably the best example of that. This is a, a project that came together uh, that we didn't really have to think twice about because we had support from them, and it, it's it's one of my favorite things we've ever done. So, well, if I could, I would just say one real quick thing on that, and I know. You may not want me to, but that that gray and blue zip up uh, jacket is the best thing to play, play golf in that has ever been devised. I mean, Tron, I think, wore it the entire time, and I wore it most of the time. It's just you can. It's just perfect for golf. And uh, anyway, I just I've wore that thing nonstop since I got one. So I just want to throw that. Jim, in, they so. should test out shoes with you, just because you you yep. walk so damn much over there. You... Yeah. You know, you wore that one pair of shoes and, and they were, they served you well. The, I guess they're the contour that I've, and they were perfect. Um, they're so comfortable and you don't slip. And anyway, I, I'm not a, I didn't write any of this down, but I, those, the, the, all that stuff was just perfect for the weather and everything that we were in. So well, anyway, there you go. Testimonials from the audience there. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself, Jim. Thank you for that. And we got to work on, you know, if, of course, if you watch the film, right, we got to work on uh, your agent hasn't gotten back to us yet about the pinnacle sponsorship, but we're going to we're going to effort <laughs> that with our friends at Kushnet Holdings as well. All right, guys, a lot of places we could start first. Jim, I want to start with you. You had a chance to watch the film for the first time today. As I mentioned up front, it is it is based on a book that you wrote in 20 really came out in 2022. But the, the whole book is based around a trip that you took in 2021. We tried our best to kind of recreate the feelings, the thoughts, all of the things that that went into that original trip and uh, really tried to celebrate your return trip that you took in 23 with Tron and Matt and Patty and Robbie and all the people that you see in the film. And, and so I guess we'll just start really high level. Your your reaction to to seeing it for the first time, what was kind of the most important thing for you to to have come across on film and and I guess just kind of in, initial impressions? Yeah, I gotta say it's it's difficult to talk about in a way. I mean, I watched it once when Tron sent it, um, and I just really cried the entire time I was watching it. To be quite honest with you, it's just beautifully put together, and it it just what I love about it is this is a terrible subject. There's no doubt, and but it's that's not the point of the book. The point of the book is to celebrate life and to celebrate Jordan's life and to celebrate the Scottish people. And that's what this this film does. And 
just to see Robbie and Greg and Finley and Harry, who's one of the greatest characters that's ever walked the planet. <laughs> I just, I laughed out loud while I was crying. When I wrote this book, that's what I wanted to happen. I, I, you know, and you guys have read it and you know, there's humor in it. And I deal with life with humor a lot of times. And I told Tron, he, Tron texted me a few days ago and he said, look, Jim, I want you to know this is pretty at times it's, it's, it's emotional. And I said, I said, well, as long as there's humor in it, I'm fine. And he said, don't worry. There's plenty of that. And, and it is. And, uh, I just can't thank you guys enough for the way that you captured the spirit of this book and the spirit of the people of Scotland, which just totally comes across to me, which is, I can't ask for anything. And, and honestly, a test of, a tribute to Jordan too. Uh, uh, I just, uh, that part and some of the stuff, it's perfect. It was perfect. And, and so thank you for that. Well, the, the guy who had maybe the biggest hand in, in crafting how the final project looks is, is Matt Golden, who's on the pod today. You've probably seen his name in just about every credit that I think we've ever put out. Matt has been working with us since we did uh, Tourist Sauce Australia. And just to embarrass him a little bit, the I think the first interaction we ever had, you know, we're I had just quit my job at the PJ tour. I'm pitching these guys. I'm like, Oh, maybe we should make a travel series. I don't really know how to use a camera, but maybe we can shoot it on our cell phones. I don't know. We'll just, let's just go to Australia and we'll shoot it all and we'll figure it out. Matt had just cold emailed me and was like, Hey, I'm, I'm a freelance editor. I'm making it, making a business for myself. And you know, I watch what you guys do and, and listen to the podcast. And my specialty is just kind of taking a big pile of footage and just trying to find a story on it. I was like, Oh my God, man, this is our, <laughs> this is our guy. This our is white who we whale. Need. <laughs> That's right. And so as much as, uh, people like to, to pile credit onto me, uh, which of course feels very nice. And I would never, uh, share that with anybody, but, uh, it's really Matt behind the scenes that, that spins a lot of these things up. And I, I think Matt, this is kind of the first time that that we've really like turned you loose on like, Hey man, you're, you're running the ship, you're shooting everything, you're editing it. You tell us what you need. And so I want to start with just like, what, what was that experience like for you? And how did you see Jim's story and where did you want to take it? Because this is something I think you, me and Tron have been talking about for, I mean, really going back before Jordan passed away and just seeing Jim's passion for all these, these places in Western Scotland. And, you know, I think we've been talking about this for three, four years around like, God, if we could ever go to Western Scotland with Jim, I think that just feels like the dream project. And obviously there was a lot more context added. So, so Matt, how did you kind of want to wrap your head around things and where did you start? Yeah. First off, you're going to get so many cold emails now from. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't respond anymore. Right. Yeah. No, uh, uh, we found our guy. We're, we're good. Good timing. Yeah. Good timing. But you know, yeah, we've been talking about this one for a long time and I think it had so many different layers and kind of stories that we thought it could be still in this piece. It's like mixing three or four or five different trips into one thing. And, uh, we get a little bit of like, okay, show us, you know, the travel series of it all, show us these places that you, we know you love and show us why and the people. And, the, but then we also have kind of the full circle moment of the book signing and that whole journey and the journey of writing the book and the journey of, you know, getting to meet all these characters and Robbie and Greg and all them. And I, I think it was just when we set out to go shoot it, our baseline was like, we have the source material. It, we have this incredible interview we did with Jim in his office. And 
if we just go create B-roll and capture B-roll for that and get like really beautiful stuff, which is not hard at these places, it's point the camera, press record and make sure you <laughs> save the files, uh, which is harder sometimes than you yeah. think. But, <laughs> but thank goodness, like we we tried to get more than that. We tried to capture, you know, the moments and the levity and the culture and uh, the people that were able to bring healing and were able to transform Jim and all of us, you know, to a new place. And I think we were able to kind of achieve that. I think we were able to achieve showing off these places with incredible shots and that baseline, but also something a little bit more too. So no, this one's been a special project and this has been uh, something I've been working on for a long time and I can't wait, you know, to get it out into the world and, and see, uh, see reaction from people. But well, Tron going to you next. I mean, I know, like we have a lot of ideas we're no shortage of ideas around here. The, the fact of, or the, you know, the, the process of actually like going through and booking ferries and booking plane tickets and booking, you know, golf course, tea times and lodging and all of that is like quite another animal. So like, this is easily the kind of thing that I think could have stayed in the ideas folder, died on the vine, you know, a, a million times over. What, what was, what was it about this that like really made it, stick with you that it was like no we're dropping everything we have to we have to make this happen well hey the fact that jim was booking all the ferries and doing all that stuff (laughs) (laughs) i mean this yeah like the which is a whole other story by the way like you guys had a whole other trip you were going to take and a lot of the ferries weren't running and yeah yeah we were logistics. We we love logistics, and I may be actually a little bit better than him on he logistics. I, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I mean, it was something Jim and I had talked about. You know, going to Scotland together. Like we played in the guy. We played in the Sweetens member guest. What was that three or four years ago? We played. Well, we played together in the first ringer. We played yeah, together, and I remember just talking. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. just bouncing ideas around there, and and you know, all these places in Scotland that you love going. Cove C and Presswick and, and Cullen and, and, you know, just all these little weird, interesting corners of the world and specifically in Scotland and just the way that you see the world as an architect and I don't know, just your passion for little details and little observations. It's just always been like, Hey man, I want to, I want to go on a trip with this guy. I want to travel with him. And I think that's that reputation you have is kind of shown through to all the people within NLU. So I think that, that, made it a lot easier to sell the idea of there's, there's a trust level there with you and Randy and with you and DJ and with you and Neil and you and Sally. And it's, it's something where, you know, they know you're the real deal and, and there's something there with the idea, even if we don't know exactly what the idea is kind of like what Matt was saying of, Hey, you know, this, this story could be five different things, right? It could be a travel log, it could be you know just kind of a, uh, you know, Beavis and Butthead do Scotland. <laughs> this, could be, this could be just a bunch of bunch of pretty golf shots. If we mess up the audio, this could be, you know, but like the floor was pretty high, I think. And yeah. And then even just, you know, as we got into the planning process, like we had plans, Askernish was going to be our big kind of climax finale going out to, you know, one of the most remote golf courses in the world in the outer Hebrides. And, and, you know, and then going up to Isle of Harris and some other places. And so this, this trip had about six or seven different iterations or, or versions. And to Jim's credit, we just kind of rolled with the punches and, and had all sorts of different, you know, options and kind of off ramps and on ramps and, and worked through all the, you know, all the ferry considerations and got to a workable place. And, and I wouldn't have done it any differently. 
Well, I think I told you at the in one of our early conversations, I said, we better be prepared. You've got to be flexible because you just don't know what's going to happen. And what I love about you is you're like, yeah, that's fine. We'll just, we'll just roll with it. And we had to, we had to change. Unfortunately, we, we had Askernish and Olive Harris all set up and we had to, we had to cancel it because of the ferry problems. And, but it worked out fine because we went to Iona and that's what I tell people. I mean, if you're, if you're going to go to the islands, you just have to be prepared and not freak out because there's going to be stuff that happens. That's just the way it is. I mean, and it's something too, where like, if, if we don't go to Iona, we don't get one of the best, you know, the funniest moments of the film or we, I don't get to meet Finley and you probably don't go, you know, you'll go back and play in, in the open competition this year. And it's like, you can't get set on one specific experience or one specific place uh, or course, it's almost like you have to look at the totality of it because whatever that door closing, you know, sets aside, it's pro there's, you got to look forward and see that there's, you know, five more great options for you. That That's a perfect analogy. It opens like four or five more doors. And I, it took me a while to accept that. But as you get older, you, you learn that that's just the way it is. And there's just so many options. So yeah, I mean, it, it worked out fine the way it did, but it, I, do, I do hate that we missed uh, Uist and uh, Harris, but we'll get there. It just gives us a reason to go back. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, Jim, one of my favorite things about you is like talking to, you know, we've we've met a lot of Scottish people over the course of doing NLU and taking a bunch of trips over there and running into them at, you know, all kinds of different areas. And one of my favorite things about, about you is you're kind of this like cult figure, even within Scottish, like this like weird quarter of like the Scottish golf internet, right? Where it's like, man, I saw Hartzell's posting photos from like where I, I don't even know where the fuck that place is. And he's so far out there and he like, you've kind of become this like unofficial tour guide. And I, I just, there's something about it all starting from kind of rural Alabama. That is just like one of my favorite things in, in the whole world. So I, I was wondering if you could kind of talk through like, when did you start going to Scotland? How did you get kind of so enamored with, with all these places and, and kind of what was that process like? Well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, the first trip I took was in 94 and you guys cover it in the film and it's in the book, but, um, I originally planned that trip around to the Lynx land and my dad was paying for everything. I'd just gotten out of college. And he's great. You guys met him. He just said, look, um, I want to just play Carnoustie in the old course. We'll go wherever else you want to go. And so I thought we're going to Macrahannis. We're going to Cruden Bay. We're going to Dornock. Uh, these places that, that Bamberger had written about that quite frankly, I mean, you guys can go back and look, I mean, nobody talked about back then. I mean, I don't even know another American that even knew about Macrahannis. So we went on that trip. We started out and played, you know, the old and the new and Carnoustie and, you know, these places that you do. And, but we went, we went to Cruden Bay, we went to Dornick, then we went, we went to Macrahannish and, um, we just fell in love with it. Um, but I, that's when I found Anaverty and that was what really, it wasn't even Macrahannish I love and it's in my top five and always will be. But when I, that first time I went to Anaverty, which I, you know, you guys did a great job of, which I cannot believe David Baxter came to that book signing and was it just I, honest to God. I can't even believe that the man that introduced me or told me to go here, 
to, to Dan Aberdeen. When I played that play, something something went off in my head. I'm like, okay, this is different than anything else I've ever done. I cannot compare it to any other golf I've ever played, and I just love it. It's fun. It's wild. It's holes cross each other. You're playing over blind hills, and you're playing over cows, and, you know, it just – it's just – I, I just literally fell in love with it and I've never stopped. And, uh, you know, I've played all the, the great ones and, you know, I love them. I've played Muirfield. I've played the old, I've, you know, I've, I've done all that. And I've, I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. I played Turnberry, but I just fell in love with this type of golf, this community golf, this, uh, natural golf, which the West coast, you guys, have spent most of your time on the East and rightfully so, but the West is different than the East. And I think Tron will jump in and agree with me on that. It just, it's wilder, it's rougher. And there's just something about it that I love. And, um, so from that point on, I'll just, I mean, I'd go over and we'd play one or two of the big names, but we'd spend time at Denaverty. We'd find Caradale. We'd, we'd just look for this stuff and, Without fail, I would be like, I cannot believe that you can just walk out here and pay 10 pounds or five pounds and play this. I mean, when I saw Tron at Caradale, I thought he was going to start. I literally thought he was going to start crying. And he just, <laughs> I, I had more fun watching him, his face, every hole we came to. He's like, Jim, I can't believe this. I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, just for nine holes. And again, I say it in the in the film. When you play golf like that, it's just, I don't know what to say about it other than you don't even, you you get energized by it. Instead of being tired at the end, you feel like you, f- you gain energy from, from it, from for lack of a better way to say it. Uh, so the, I just fell in love with that kind of golf, and I, that's what I, I love. And, you know, I, that's what I've, I've focused on for, for 30 years now well jim it's so crazy to me that like you've been focused on this for 30 years and it's a heck of a lot easier to focus on that kind of golf now with social media and google maps and and the internet it, it was a lot harder 30 years ago you know to kind of find a you know a source material book that's that's you know written by herbert warren wind or somebody that that you know goes out and finds these places and I- I mean, the realest example yeah. that you keep, you always use for me, Tron, is like Jim going through and like trying to find the ferry schedules like months and months in advance when they come out. Like, I don't even know how do you, I don't even know how you'd like find the phone number for the ferry company before like the internet. Well, there's, I gotta <laughs> say, you know, Tron, there's another book that I need to mention that, that actually led me on this path. When I was over on that 94 trip, um, I was in a golf a bookstore in St. Andrews. We got my dad and I got in the queue and we got to play the old with these two guys from Los Angeles. We joined up with ironically to Americans, but we had a great time. And, uh, but I went to this great old bookstore and I found this book called hell's golfer by a guy called Tom Morton. And he wrote about Caradale and Denaverty and he wrote about Askernish even, uh, just all these and i was just intrigued by it and that was my first because you're right dj you there was no there wasn't no internet or or twitter or uh, you know instagram to show these places and nobody talked about them i mean you might occasionally in the back of golf monthly they would print a little uh hidden gem 
segment about Panmure or uh, Montrose, or but they wouldn't do one about Denaverty or Harris or Askernish. I mean, these places were off the the radar. Well, so what? And what's I, the feeling like? Like rocking up to it thirty years ago? When, like it's very easy. Like Tron was saying, it's like, man, if you're telling me it's awesome and you've already been there, like that's very easy for me to get on board. But like, if you have flown halfway around the world <laughs> to go see this place that you read about in a book from nineteen fifty five or nineteen seventy or whatever it's from, it's like, well, is there like an anxiety of just like, God, is this golf course even going to be there when I get there? What like? How how remote was it? What was that feeling like? I loved it because I love a, I love a sense of discovery and adventure, and I love to just take off to these places like Isle of Seal, which Matt and Tron will agree. You sort of turn off the main road, and you're like you're on this one lane road, and like where are we going? And you get this bridge that has one lane, wide, barely wide enough for a one car. And I just love that sense of what is going to be, what's going to be there when I get there. Um, I've really never been disappointed. I just, uh, I just love that part of trying to find these places and getting and getting to these places and, you know, what you see on the way there. Um, we didn't get to play Isle of Seal this time, but we spent a good bit of time there. And and I could just tell Matt and, and Tron both were like, oh my God, this look at this. I mean, they, and these places are just. I just like the sense of trying to find them and, and, and they're very vibrant and in their little communities and they don't spend a lot of money on them. Um, it's just there for people to play golf and, and get together and, and, and have something to do. But, it's, but like, it's crazy cause you get there and there's no disappointment either. It's like the courses are actually like some of the most fun places you'll ever play. Like at Caradale or Corey where we played or Shiskin or, or, um, I mean, I mean, Jim, even like, like a great example is that bridge, the, the uh, so-called bridge of the Atlantic. And then that pub next to the bridge, those stories about the Scots, you know, whenever they would leave the Island, they would, they would hang their kilts up there. And because of the Highland clearance, yeah. they, they, they would hang their kilts up. It, it just, and see, I love stuff like that. And I, I love the history that's tied into like, whenever I go to these places, I, I try to look for what the local history is. And, you know, even out at Isle of Seal that I think I talk about it a little bit in, in the film and I know I do in the book, but uh, these islands out there that are called the slate islands that are just solid mounds of slate in the ocean, which I don't even know how that, however the geography works for that Tron, y'all can talk about it on the trap draw, but it's just pure slate that they used to build all these roofs in the, in Europe and Scotland and England. And, uh, you go out there now and you're it's just they haven't of course these things have been closed for a long time now but in nature's taken back over but it's just beautiful and so i always try to look for the little historical twist on these places too when i go like denaverty and the you know the mull of kintyre or the fact that saint columba landed there in 500 a.d or whatever it was and that's part of it for me, DJ. But I've I've really never been disappointed. I've never come up to a course that was closed or, you know, or anything. So I don't know. Maybe I've just been lucky with that. Matt, what was your what was your reaction to a lot of these places? Because I feel like it was your first time in Scotland, right? Yeah, this is my first time in Scotland. You know, we land, we start that drive. That <laughs> I thought we were going to melt your brain in like the, the back of time. that tiny car. You know, those those roads are 
unbelievable. Um, but th- the biggest memory for me is, you know, you land it's what a two, three hour drive down seeing Denarity rock for the first time, getting out of the car and being like, yeah, we're going to go climb up that and get some drone shots. Cause the sunset is like the most insane sunset we've seen. And, and, you know, I think the best one of the trip, um, and so we're like, yeah, we're going to go shoot <laughs> right now and go climb this rock that it's different than even seeing the footage of it. Like when you're there and you seeing the scale of it, it's, it's insane, but no, yeah, it, it, you're right. Everything is, is so wild and natural and there is a lot of like, you know, hiking involved. It's, it's a very physical, <laughs> I love your line about your Tim Lucas aids. I, I related to that, uh, many a time on our trip. Which, which, by the way, is one of the greatest drinks that's ever been sport, developed. I mean, sport I, don't, I, I hope it's just like pure yeah. sugar and orange juice, or what? What is it? It's like orangina almost. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, but it's got a carbonation yeah. to it. I don't, I, I don't know. I brought about five back when I came this last time. So, Jim, how did so? I know you guys had some like, you know, challenges. I won't say troubles with the. Uh, with the schedule and kind of getting every, the final itinerary dialed in. But what, you know, you, one of the big pieces in there was the book signing at Denaverty. I know that was kind of the centerpiece of, of this trip in a big way. I'm, I'm why at Denaverty, why was that such a, uh, you know, an obvious kind of center of gravity for you? And then, you know, how did the rest of the itinerary kind of come together? It had to be centered around Denaverty. I mean, most of the book obviously covers, most of Scotland or a good portion of Scotland, but it, it, it always sort of comes back to Denaverty. I started there, end up there at the end more or less. And it's just the place that, that I love most. And so we had the, the fact that I wanted to do this book signing and, and this book, really the book launched for the, for Scotland and in, in the UK there. It was the only place that, that I could do it. And I think, Tron and Matt will attest the people were just so, so great that day. And really the whole time we were there, but they just went out of their way to, to make it just a fun event. And there was, there was a lot of members there and a lot of people came from all over George Clark and came down, which was just incredible. And I saw George come in and like I said, David Baxter came in and it, it was just, I can't, that's the only place when I, when I finished this book and I wanted to, I wanted to do some things like this to promote it some, but the only one I really felt like I had to do was go to Denaverty. And, um, the fact that we actually got to do it and they were so nice about it and they were so happy to host us there and the food, um, that they made, I think Tron ate 25, uh, the white, uh, little wispy sugary things. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, what are these things? He, he ate every one that they had. Yeah. <laughs> the meringues. They were meringues. meringues yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I don't know. It, it just, it had to be there. It's where I would, I would live. If I, if I could pull it off, I'd, I'd, li- I'd move tomorrow and y'all could come visit whenever you wanted. But um, it's just, it's just my favorite place. And so to have gone there and to have people like David and uh, Graham, the, one of the other club, um, officers and every just everybody was so nice and so so welcoming and to me that just uh, that place is kind of what started me on this path of trying to find these sort of off the beaten path places and uh, and I'd love to have a book signing at 
square books in Oxford and get Wright Thompson to show up and have the whole Oxford experience. But I, I can't top the narrative. I, I, if that's the only one I ever do, then I'm, I'm, I'm happy. You got to tell me uh, before we move too too far past Anaverty about the uh, the sea captain's house as well because I think that was I've seen you light up a couple times. I don't know if I've ever seen you quite light up like the way you were describing the sea captain's house when you were telling me in Toronto and Matt about it and in Huntsville. Yeah, I tried to. I hope I didn't oversell it, but I you know I tried to. There's nothing. This place is just ridiculous. I mean, it's not even. It's not even an accurate depiction of reality. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was, I, I was just you, about to say yeah. that the, the description <laughs> we're going to get from Jim, that when you know it's above anything else. I mean, it's just, I'm serious, guys. It's just, this is not an accurate the depiction. The over under for the time where we get that line is. Uh... <laughs> well, it's not. And, um, you know, I, I probably, I'll digress a bit here, but that line, and DJ, I, I'm going to say this for you because you're a, a film and music man. But Barry Levinson made a film called Ten Men a long time ago, and I, I hope you'll watch it sometime because you'll laugh out loud. But it's got Danny DeVito and I think Richard Dreyfuss is in it, and it's about Baltimore. All his a lot of his films are set in Baltimore, which is a great place to to set movies and films, as as you guys know. But um, there's a point in um, somebody's describing something to. Um, I think DeVito and they're talking about the, and I, I forgive me, let me tell the story, but he, they, they, they're talking about the TV show Bonanza, which was that show in the sixties the with the, the Western and, you know, whatever that guy's name, Lauren something was the, he was the father and they, somebody's uh, they're talking, they're sitting at dinner and the guy says, uh, I don't understand Bonanza. You got a 47 year old father and three 39 year old sons. <laughs> That's not an accurate depiction of reality. <laughs> and it just, for for 35 years or whatever that movie came out, that has stuck. I watched that movie in the in the theater, and it's just, I laughed. I still laugh about that line. So whoever, shout out to the guy who, if he's still around, that wrote that line. But um, anyway, it just, that that's why I've, I've but yeah, the, the sea captain's house, I hope I didn't oversell it. And I don't think no, I did didn't. because... Uh, and we should say so. This is this is the place you guys stayed when you you know in the film when you get to Denaverty with the with the red roof right and the building right next to it. It's kind of where you guys you guys kind of made your home base for a couple of days, which I think is just a it's just a normal kind of rental property, right? I mean, it's it's a, it's an Airbnb and it's an old lifeboat station. There's a two story house and there's a little cabin, a cottage on the edge of the water that Robbie and I stayed in. Matt and uh, Tron had the top floor of the house, which is a, just a beautiful house. It's built into the rock. It's it's like carved into the rocks of the Navity Rock, and then there's a, a boathouse on the edge, and it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, you're looking at the sunset. You're looking at the Kill Hotel. You're looking at the beach. You had Northern Ireland, um, like what, fifteen miles away across the across the channel there. Yeah, I looked out the window one morning in the little cottage and Tron was out. Y'all, you guys had to do a, some, y'all were doing some kind of <laughs> I was, I was doing my DraftKings fix. Yeah. Your DraftKings <laughs> fix. And I looked out the window How and he was go, standing. <laughs> well, he was standing on the edge of the cliff with the Northern <laughs> Ireland in the distance. This is like at six o'clock in the morning. And I looked out the window and I did, I did take a photo and I thought, this is what a world we live in. We're, Tron is doing his DraftKings picks on the edge of a cliff, looking at Northern Ireland, 
at 6 a.m. in the morning. We've got enough self-service out here to actually do it. But it, it's just, look, every time somebody asks me about going there, I'm like, stay at Sea Captain's house. Donnie, who, uh, Donnie McLean, who you guys met, is just the greatest guy. And he loves, he loves people. I think he, I don't even know if he makes any money off of this. My guess is he probably d- does not make money off it. I think he breaks even and he just loves meeting people that come stay out at this place. And I see, that's the kind of stuff I love. I, I will send people there and I will go there as long as I can. Um, it's, it's affordable. It's beautiful. You can walk 60 yards to the fourth green. You can walk over to the 50 and start tee off there. Um, I'm, you know, you guys have, are, are the kings of, 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 of world travel, but to me, it's like the ultimate golf place to stay. That well, and so. like not to mention, it's it's at the base of one of the like probably the one of the most historic spots in all of Scotland. Like, there's you know there used to be a castle on top and just all the stories that Robbie was telling us about, yeah, this happened. And then there was a battle here. And then a hundred years later, there was this bloody thing happened here. I was like, Oh my gosh, man, like this is, this is just really rich. It was one of the key battles in the clan between the clans. When that stuff finally started winding down, it it may have been actually the key battle. And there's actually a marker to the right of the first fairway where they buried like three or 400 people that got slaughtered on the beach. And, it, you know, you, again, I think I talk about it in the, in the film, but you know, this history of violence and what, what people have gone through there. Um, again, I think it just gives them a different perspective on life than, than we have. So, but yeah, I, that place, man, I just, uh, in fact, I've, I've probably, since we went on this trip in April, I bet I've sent, you know, a hundred people. I'm like, they're like, what, what should I do if I go to Kintyre? I'm like, stay at the sea captain's house. So I hope Donnie, uh, appreciate I know Donnie does appreciate it. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a very low tech guy and he doesn't, he's not on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or anything, but, um, he loves what he does and he loves meeting people and talking to people. And to me, again, I, I always say half the fun, but probably 90% of the fun is the conversations that you have with people when you're there. So you guys mentioned Robbie. I think that's a good, a good segue to, to move into him a little bit. So he, he pops up in the film all over the, all over the place is Robbie Wilson. We're talking about, uh, Jim, I I've start with you. Just your, how, how did you guys meet and, and how did that relationship kind of come together and evolve? Well, I started following Robbie on Twitter, uh, link. He's, he's at links, Robbie. And, um, you know, I use Twitter or whatever they call it now, X or something, but it, I use it for golf stuff and, uh, you know, sports stuff. I don't really care about the rest of it, but it's great for that. And I hope it never changes for that stuff. But I started, I found Robbie from following the stuff he would post about, uh, he works for historic environment, Scotland, and he, he, he takes care of all these like ancient sites on the West coast of Scotland. And he'd post these pictures of the places when he would be at work, like I'm fixing, and you, you guys know I'm an architect and Robbie's a Mason too. And he, he's a genius at masonry and, and, and stuff. And so he would post these photos of I'm fixing this arch at uh, Castle Swain, or I'm taking care of this or that. 
it was just beautiful stuff. And he has such a, you know, Robbie would hate me saying this probably, but he has such a beautiful eye for photography. Uh, he captures things in just the perfect frame and there's an art to that. And, uh, even on just a, on a phone. And, um, so I started following him for that. And when Jake and I were planning this trip that we went in 2019, Jake, Robbie Jake's and I, your other son, we should, should mention one of yeah, your, my, yeah, my middle, middle, my middle son, son Jake, boys, yeah. we, I, I said, uh, Robbie, I'm going to come over with Jake. I'd love to, for us to play. And we just, uh, we just started DMing back and forth and, um, we wound up going to Denaverty to play, which was interesting because we were going to play Macrohanish, then we were going to play Caradale. And then finally we wound up selling on Denaverty because Robbie had to work and that was the only day he could, he could get off. And we just had such a good time. I mean, literally the most fun you could have playing. We got done and we just kind of like, this was just, this was the most fun I've ever had. And from that point on, we just became close friends. And, um, you know, he's become one of my best friends. And, you know, I'm sure Tron and Matt saw it from this trip. Um, he's just a very genuine man um, that likes for people to have a good time and he, he 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 loves to show off the west coast of scotland he's proud of it and um he's just such a great ambassador for golf in that country and honestly the you know scotland tourism should pay him in addition to historic environments but i, I so i started off just from the architectural stuff because he's an expert on the masonry and finding stone and i just that stuff fascinated me and that's how we originally connected and then it, and then it went to golf and um you know he's a member at macrohanish and he knows that course like the back of his hand and um so anyway he's he's just a, he's just a great guy yeah he's just such a repository of knowledge too like everywhere you go not only does he know the details about what it is now but he knows the previous six iterations of that thing and just such a rich sense of history and great storyteller knows how to tell stories and, and, but it's never, it's, it's, it's awesome. Cause it's never about Robbie either. It's always, no, no he's, he's so humble and he's so empathetic and he's, he's just a, just a remarkably kind hearted person. And, uh, well, I'll tell this, I'll tell this real quick. Cause I, everything you just said is a hundred percent true. But when we had this disaster on Iona, <laughs> um, we were, we'd run it, you know, McDougal, which, we could do another podcast just on McDougal, <laughs> the, the, the garage man. And, you know, he, McDougal has, I have a, I'm, I'm good at understanding Scottish accents. I would say yeah. I'm above the median level. Tron was like, Jim, I cannot understand a guy. And I'm, I'm pretty good at understanding most say, of these yeah, accents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I cannot, I do not know what this guy's saying. And, and we were on the bus, uh, going back after all the stuff that happened and Tron was sitting behind me, I almost broke my leg getting on the, on the, one of these double decker buses, which that would have, that would, that, that would have just added to the, the story. Of course, we'd never got to play anymore, but I feel like you um, still would have played even if you had broken your leg. I probably would have, I probably, well, you know, Bear Bryant played in the 42 Tennessee game with the, with a broke leg. And, you know, so I would have done the same, but Tron was sitting in the seat behind me. And he, he called Rob, he said, Jim wants Robbie's number. And he said, I'm, I heard him. I was sitting there listening. He goes, Robbie, you got to call this McDougal guy. I cannot understand a fucking word he's saying. 
And of course, of course, Robbie jumps in and sorts the entire. I think Robbie called the tire store and open. Yeah, right? yeah. So Robbie, yeah. So we'll just. I mean, like, there's like five other things that happened too. So like, we get up that morning. We're in Oban. We take the ferry across to what was that? Uh, Craigmere. And and then yeah. we got to drive all the way across Mull. Beautiful drive up over. You kind of feel like you're in Colorado in spots. And then we stop. We drone for a little bit. Jim, you go into that little convenience store. And then we keep going. And, uh, yeah, we just hit a pothole. We hit this big-ass pothole. And both the tires on the left side just immediately, you know. And, like, not only does the car not have a spare, but, you know, wouldn't have mattered because we wouldn't have had two tires anyway. Definitely doesn't have two spares. So we Google it and we're like, hey, like, oh, there's this, there's a garage. Like there's like two garages within one's not really a garage. And then the other one, it turns out we get up to it. Uh, it burned, it burned to the ground like four days prior. <laughs> like it's like still smoldering. All right. So we, um, fuck. All right. So then. And McDougal, McDougal and his friend are like standing out in front of the smoking ruins of this place. I mean, again, you cannot script this stuff. It's, it's and I'm, I'm dressed, you know, I, mean, I like <laughs> I had put my golf shoes on that morning. So I'm wearing like these white, like the white and uh, light blue foot joy, you know, like the, the ones they did for the Masters this year, like the pastel bottoms. The pastel ones. And the guys yeah. are like, nice shoes, man. <laughs> and uh, so, so I end up. We end up getting so Finley on Iona ends up getting one of his colleagues or his buddies to, to come pick us up in this van. The car sits there. There's there's no tires on the island that fit, you know, that like trying to find the right size of tire or whatever. Um, there's like three garages on the island that are in working order. So we're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go over to Iona. Finley picks us up in his boat. We play golf. It was awesome. It was just like Iona, like Randy needs to get to Iona. I think that might be his favorite yeah. place on earth once he gets there. Yeah, he he won't leave. Yeah. He won't There's, leave there. You know, just yeah. we yeah. could talk about Iona for two hours, but the but we end up finishing up there. We can't get back to Craignier. It's like an hour, it's like an hour twenty, right? Like we can't get back to Craignier in the tow truck. He's not going to go back till the next day. So <laughs> we flag down the bus, like the the double decker bus going across the island. Well, we missed one, yeah. but one bus came by and the guy was like, no, he just waved us <laughs> off like he didn't have any room on it. That's and I'm what... like, Tron, what the fuck? <laughs> we're going we're, we're to be sleeping on the fucking beach tonight. Like I mean, Mr. Blair, the, the guy, the guy just went flying yeah. by and I'm like, well, we're done now. And I called Finley. He said, well, there's another one coming by. I've talked to him. So yeah, go ahead. It was Tron. like the whole, the entire yeah. community like of La Kilpeed and, or is that the right, or uh, what's the place on that? Yeah. And uh yeah, like yeah, the entire yeah. community is like knows what had happened at this point. I guess there's also some yeah. Swedish film crew that also had like double flat tires that same day on the island. So I'm like determined. We're like, hey, we're gonna get off the island tonight. Like this is we're gonna do this. So we end up like waving the bus down. The bus stops. You know, there's a hundred people on this like double decker bus. We've got our golf is this clubs. Just like a bus or what? It's like a it's like public transportation, but it's almost like a mix between like public transit and a tour bus. And okay. so we, yeah, so we stop, yeah. we throw all of our stuff down underneath. Like, I mean, it's everything from the car too. It's all the camera equipment. Yeah. It's a bottle of scotch that, that uh, Jim had been getting, been not given. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, our travel bags, all this, all this shit. So then we end up getting on, we pay, you know, I got to pay the fare right there. 
you know, very windy, narrow roads for like a double-decker bus, much less, you know, even like a Mini Cooper would be tough getting through some of these roads. Finally get back, we get on the ferry, we get back to Oban. It's like, oh, thank gosh. Robbie had called the tire shop in Oban. He called around like the three tire shops in Oban, figured out which one had had the uh, the, the uh, right size. They didn't open up till nine the next morning. We didn't know if the ferry the next day, if I could get tickets on that ferry the next day, because like the ferries, there's not enough ferries running and it's really affecting mole and, you know, uh, Iona and all these other kind of local communities. And so I was able to get, get tickets on this ferry. And then I had to book the ticket for the car coming back on like the very next ferry. So I'm like, this needs to happen in like an hour, 90 minutes. So I'm on the ferry in the morning. So we, we go to the, the uh, tire shop. We're waiting for, I don't know, hour and a half or so. We got some great footage from in there that we can do in like an outtakes reel. And then, uh, you know, I just grabbed the two tires and I walk onto the ferry with the tires and I'm sitting next to these two guys dressed in suits. And I'm like, who, who the hell are these guys going to, you know, Iona dressed in these suits. Turns out they were, they were the insurance adjusters going to go into the, uh, garage that had burned down so i walk over to the tow truck mcdougall's waiting there with with the tow truck cars uh on the back of it he drops me uh like so i hop in with the insurance adjusters he drops me at the garage the guy in the garage is like not giving me a time frame like so this could take six hours or it could take you know 25 minutes or whatever uh, they don't give a fuck on these islands. <laughs> no, no, oh no! I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a different, it's a different. Yeah, and world, I'm not gonna, yeah, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, totally yeah. with it. I'm on his schedule. I'm not yeah, asking all yeah. that. Finally, he just kind of nods to me. He's like, "Go upstairs." There's like this little like attic nook up top. Guy's like daughter, who's probably I don't know, in her like mid 30s, was kind of running the cash register. She's like, "Hey, here's, you know, here's the money." You know, we kind of squared up there, got back on the ferry. Went back across. You guys had gone down to uh, Macri Bay at that point. I drove down and kind of met back up with you guys. But it was it was an eventful 36 hours. And like the entire time, it was just like, what else could possibly happen that would be outrageous? So which is which is funny. So I remember hearing all this this whole story like 12 hours after the fact or whatever. And my immediate reaction, of, of course, is just like, God, Matt, I hope you were like filming all of this stuff because I know, you know, first time on the road with some of these yeah. people, you don't want to be. But like if that was me, it would have just been like pure cameras in everybody's face. But I, I was curious what that day was like for you. No. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty heated at times. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was tense. I. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was like, man, was are we going to get to play Iona? You know, I'm like, I was just like. Well, Tron got mad at me a little bit because I, <laughs> I was like, are we seriously taking all the shit out of this car? He's like, yeah, we got to. And we had everything in that car. I mean, it was it was a production, man. I mean, I don't know how we pulled it off, to be honest. Because like worst case, too, was like if they didn't have t yeah. the right tires or the ferry thing didn't work. No. I was going to be like, you yeah. know what? Like, we will leave the car there. I'll come back up later that week and then like we'll rent another car at the Oban airport or we'll train down and figure out how to get over to the Isle of Aaron. Yeah. You know, oh, once man. we figured out everyone's going to be okay, everyone, you know, we all cooled down yeah. a little bit Then it's like, okay, it's time to time to document a little bit of this, uh, you know, tastefully. So no, I, th I think we, I think we captured the essence of it. Um, once, once Finley arrived and, and he took us on our way, like, 
it was like a whole new day had started at that point. Like yeah. just on the up and up. And the, the time we had out uh, at Iona was, was unbelievable. So uh, that's, what's so cool about a lot of this is I feel like I, I don't get to, you know, I feel like I'm on a lot of the trips or I'm editing a lot of the stuff or whatever. And so like to have something that I just purely am like seeing for the first time, just like an audience member just makes me, it makes me so upset that I have never met some of these people, right? Robbie and Finley and all, all these people, like Finley in particular. I'm just like, man, I want to hang out with that guy. Like, what's that? Just tell me everything about that guy's whole story. Well, we had, uh, I think I've got this right. We had, we had reservations at probably the best restaurant in Scotland that night or one of the best. And we got there and that's when up to me, we just, everybody was just laughing. We ordered a beer and we were just, it, and it all became just like actually fun. You know, it, it all, it all sort of switched at that point that we, we managed to get up to get through it. And, um, you know, that in itself was just a, you know, just a great experience but the fact that we made it there and we still got to do everything we planned to do and a lot of it is credit to finley i mean he just he was the one that kind of orchestrated after we wrecked he was the one that orchestrated the entire production and then robbie jumped in too so well going going back to robbie for a minute you know i, I should have mentioned this up front but you, you went through kind of a a lot of the blow by blow with Randy of kind of how the book came together and what the timeline was and a lot of that stuff in uh, on the trap draw last last year i think it's episode 209 so i again would encourage everybody to to go check that out if you want to go deeper on kind of the specifics of the film and the book and kind of how everything how everything came together but i did want to ask about Robbie because it's you know you're you're obviously going through this this unspeakable crisis and this this unbelievable moment in your life that you know is is impossible to to reckon with. And I'm curious why Robbie w kind of felt like the guy to, to turn to, right? I mean, from the outside looking in, it's, it's kind of like, Oh, here's this guy that you've, you've met from the internet and, and kind of spent a little bit of time with. And man, you're talking to a bunch of people who met on the internet. And I feel like I can really relate to, to that feeling. But for those that, that maybe can't, why do you think he was the guy that was kind of on the top of your, your call list? It's an interesting question because it's a valid question. Um, you know, we had that great time in 2019 and we immediately, I can remember us after we got done, we were standing in the car park at Denaverty and I said, Robbie, we'll be back next year and I'm going to bring Jordan and we're going to play again. He's like, yeah, let's do it. That's what we're going to do. And then COVID, COVID hit right after that. And so you guys know, because I think you had 10 trips canceled, but I had we'd already planned a trip um, where we were going to go back and play several days with Robbie. And uh, we had it all booked. And um, I think it was March or end of February or March. I, this all slips away from it. But whenever, I think it was early 2020 when that all started and we had to cancel that. Uh, and everybody said, well, it'll just be, it'll be a few weeks. It'll be fine. We, we actually rescheduled a bunch of it for another, I think we rescheduled it for July and then that fell through. And, um, so I was talking to Robbie that whole time. And the more we talked, the, the closer we, we became, it just seemed like that we had, um, similar interest in with architecture and golf and he's just such a nice man. And, um, you know, so by the time that, um, 
this happened, um, we'd become really good friends. I mean, we talked on the phone and, um, we, we, we texted and DM'd all the time and we loved the same, like on Sunday when the European tour or whatever they, the DP, whatever they call it now, which we would watch that and we'd be texting back and forth and, or we'd watch, uh, you know, golf tournaments and, and we just became very close. And, um, so that's kind of how it happened. And, um, you know, so when I, when I got to this point, obviously I had friends that, that came to the house and a few, and it's just such a, again, I, I think I say this in, in the, in the book or the, or the film, but you know, people don't know what to say. And it's, it's such a horrific, horrific, horrific situation. Thinking back on it now, I can't even imagine walking into somebody's house where this has just happened. It's, it's just the worst thing that you could have to do as a person. So I do understand, you know, people's reluctance and like, what do I do? And, and so Robbie was like, he knew what had happened and he was, he was across the ocean and I don't know, he just, he was just, it just, that's who I turned to a lot. And, um, I don't really know an answer for it other than he just seemed like the person that was the best person to talk to. And he was a great outlet for me to kind of talk about stuff. And, um, in a way that some of my, some of the people here that I knew were not, and maybe that was because he was, because it was a little bit of distance between it, but, um, you know, the guy just, um, I mean, I credit him honestly for me still doing what I'm doing today. I mean, I just, uh, he, he's been a great friend and I, I don't know if that's the, the right answer for it, but it just, it was just one of those things where you sort of have a feeling and, um, he was there to listen and, um, there to help and, in a way that was different than, or even more, in some ways more helpful than people that I knew because they didn't know what to say. And, and he was just more available or more, more willing to talk to me. So I don't know if that's, but that's my, my answer for it. Well, I feel like there's a, I was talking to somebody else about this recently too. And I feel like there's a, there's a center of gravity to golf that I think maybe non-golfers don't necessarily understand right where it's it, it provides this this center of gravity for relationships and it's something you can always fall back on and it, it's just this like it, it just creates like a really high floor to all kinds of different relationships right and and there's you know examples of all kinds of people in my life where it's like hey such and such lives in san francisco or texas or england or maine or wherever and like would i ever go there like pack all my shit hop on an airplane, fly there and like just to hang out and have dinner with them and their family. I mean, like, you know, maybe like I would have a great time doing that. And I would like to think that I would, but realistically that's, you know, it gets pushed down the priority list and, and whatever. Whereas if you told me like, Hey, would you like to come to San Francisco and play golf with such and such person at this place and this place and this place? Like it just, it almost just kind of like, it, I don't know how to say it other than just center of gravity. You know what I mean? It provides this, this context for these friendships and relationships. And that, that's certainly what I took from the film, right. Is like when, you know, 
You guys, I'm that, sure we're not sitting there talking about Jordan for a month straight. You know, no, we were <laughs> and not. when you can and fall no. back on like, man, Robbie, isn't this a fucking amazing golf hole? Is like, God, there's Listen, so much to be said for that. Golf is the ultimate framework for what you just described. And I've tried to write about this the last nine or 10 years. Exactly what you said is the greatest thing about golf. And listen, we all love watching the masters and the open and open championship and the open and so forth and the Ryder cup and the Walker cup. We, we all obviously love that, but for people like us, golf is, that's what golf, that's the greatest thing about golf. It's, um, it provides a framework for people to connect in a way that is different than normal life. And I, it's been that way my entire life. I mean, the best friends I've had my entire life are through golf. And it's been that way since I was started playing. And I imagine it'll be that way till the end. It's just, that's what it is. And, um, that's, I think, and forgive me for, you know, saying this, but I think that's why you guys do what you do. I mean, I, I know you love professional golf and covering women's and men's golf, which we all love, but, Ultimately, for people like us, it's that's what it is. It's a framework and it's a way to live your life and meet people and, you know, share your life with people. And the golf course is just the best way to do that. And in Scotland, when you're able to walk these places when it's 60 degrees and it's not oppressively hot and you just you're in nature and you're you're talking to your friends and you're talking about whatever with Harry about when he wrecked a motorcycle and broke nine bones. I mean, Tron, I could tell Tron was so fascinated oh, with Harry, which I knew he would the best, be. Man. I think Harry, Harry may be his ultimate <laughs> guy that he's ever met to be quite frank. I mean, the guy's broken every bone in his body and I could just, I could he like just, doesn't I feel pain. All day and, <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he said that he's like, Tron said, what did, when, well, you broke your pelvis and your ribs, and he's like, ah, I, I, I didn't care. Or what? What? You know, it, it just the guy is just a legendary. He's got this figure. long, to fluid me, people, golf swing. I'm like, how is that even possible? The guy can play <laughs> golf. He's 70 years old, and he is a fucking genius at golf. I mean, I would seriously. I mean, it just to me to be there and watch somebody like that hit these shots. 71 or 70 whatever how old he is i'm like this is why i'm alive is to watch stuff like this i mean i'm seriously i mean um and he just he's just the greatest and i knew that so i kind of a long-winded answer but that's what golf is about to me it's about the people and you know it's about it it kind of opens you up to other other things in life in a way that maybe we were not able in our day-to-day -day lives when we're all, you know, working so hard that we, we just can't focus on. Well, and it also allows, you know, Tron and Matt, like it kind of allows you guys to almost like skip to the front of the line in a relationship like Robbie and Jin's, right. Where it's like, you know, that they have all this context, you know, they've gone through these, these incredible like conversations and experiences together, but like, it also kind of allows you to like relate on a, a similar level when you're all, it's just like secret language, right. That everybody kind of, kind of all speaks and it allows like Tron, when are you and the uh, 70 year old former motorcycle racer from, 
from rural Scotland. Like, what, when are you guys running into running into each other? Like, out, outside of golf? Well, it's crazy. You know? Like, Harry and I, like, we've been DMing on Instagram, and I'm like, going to go visit him next year, play some golf with him on the east coast of Scotland, or like, like, like uh, Greg and Ewan. Like, these are like my friend. These are like my buddies now, man. Like, like, like you know, Ewan, Ewan on uh, Ewan, you on you love I mean, Ewan. Ewan's like the. You know, like the best, the best golfer. He's like the best golfer on the on the Isle of Aaron. He's the the mountain rescue guy that like goes up like when somebody like turns their ankle up on uh, Goatfell or one of the other mountains. Like he, he didn't he birdie the first four holes at Corey? I mean, it's just like a joke. I mean, seriously. I was googling him the other day just to like figure out like what the the mountain rescue teams actually call. It's just called the mountain rescue team. But he uh, he had two aces in the same round a few years ago. Uh, like he was a really good junior player. Like like grew up playing against like Robert McIntyre guys like that. Just one of the most like I would I would love to play golf with that guy once a week for the rest of my life. Like or Greg like Greg helps run the the ice cream company Aaron on, 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 on yeah, Aaron and yeah. it's like the some of the best ice cream yeah. I've ever had and but it's like you know and all these people they have their own shit going on right like and, and it's you know they have their own lives and their own challenges and their own struggles if it's like you get out there on the golf course and you just share this stuff and it's like I'm already like I cannot wait to go back to Aaron with you guys I'm going to go back to Aaron next summer regardless like when when the open is at Troon I think I'm just going to go stay at the Corey Hotel and take and take the ferry over a couple days in a row to go to Troon and just hang out on Aaron. I've already I've already booked one of the rooms, so you better <laughs> you better jump on it real quick. I, I figured you, that you we would go together. So yeah, I, I hope we can. But but well, like yeah. but there's something to be said for and and really Jim like even like the first night we got there, you know just we we kind of said hey let's put the cameras away tonight and let you and Robbie reminisce and you know, kind of get back. Which, on there, like, there's a deleted yeah. scene where Robbie talks about having about five bottles of wine, which I, glasses, I, I, yeah. yeah, I noticed that was omitted from the, from the final yeah, cut. Where it was kind of like, Hey, let's let these guys get back to equilibrium, you know, catch up a little bit. We all got deep into the scotch and the red wine. And then, you know, that'll be on the director's yeah, cut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's so cool. Cause you're sitting there in the sea captain's house and really on like, you're like on the beach almost. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just through like through every place that we went, whether it's Finley at Iona or Francis, the lady at, at the tea room there, uh, yeah. and or yeah, Neither or I mean, just literally every every person we met on the trip, even McDougal, they're just they're delightful and they're unique and they're they're Scottish, well, so they're McDougal they're McDougal might have been dog cussing you. You have no idea. Oh, totally. Oh, but even that's delightful. I deserve to be dog cussed, right? <laughs> Um, there's, yeah. well, it's, it's funny that you say that DJ, I, I want to, the, the guy that Finley sent to pick us up in the van when we wrecked was this old guy and he had a van and he lived on the mainland of mall and he was Finley's mate. And so he picks Not us that up. Old. I don't like, want to piss him off. He wasn't no. that old. <laughs> no, no, no. He, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, I'm, I'm here me. I'm 56 talking about people that are old, but he was probably 60 or 60. And so he picked us up and he was like, God damn, he was cussing under his breath. He's like, I can't believe I'm having to do this shit. And every, and, and every time I'd look over him, he'd say that he'd be, he'd be smiling the entire so time. He secretly, he secretly enjoyed this entire fiasco. And I've told Finley like, he's like, yeah, that's the way. Yeah, that's, that's right. So, you know, it was funny that he was so upset, but he was really sort of enjoying the fact that he was like 
helping us flag down yeah. buses and stuff. It's just so. what I love about Scotland too. All these people, it's real. There's nothing. They're not putting on airs. They're not trying to kiss your ass to get tourist dollars. Like they're direct. They're to the point. They're gruff at times. They're they're real. And I think there's something to be said too of like whether it's. I've noticed that the last three or four times I've been to Scotland, like the the cuisine, like the the restaurants seem to be getting better. The the like I think Scots are getting a better sense of themselves and like they've been beaten down, like you said, for so long, Jim. And it's like they've you know, the local seafood and the ingredients and the vegetables and all that are so good. They're like the, these beaches are great. Like it's just like, man, you guys have an amazing place here. Just, you know, and and a lot of these little towns have been shrinking for so long. And I, I feel like some of it's kind of now that's kind of arrested. And it's like, all right, like Scotland is is on the come up, man. It's the best. Well, they've embraced the local, like you say, with the restaurants, they've embraced the local culture of it. And like at when we went to Loch Fine or Eusk and uh, Oban, this is stuff that came out of the ocean that morning. I mean, it's just, you cannot, and you, I know Tron, you, you are a, a foodie and um, you can't beat the seafood there. It's just ridiculous how good it is. And it, and they have, a, they've embraced that rightfully. And they've, they've, to me, they've, it's a great not i know we're talking about golf but it's also a great culinary destination too if, if that's what you want to do well i know you guys were talking about kind of return trips and going back jim i know you've already you've already been back uh you went with with your wife i wanted to ask you about her a little bit so she's obviously she's not in the film i know she's she's pretty soft-spoken and uh what's her background kind of I guess with golf, let me, let me start there just because we're, we're talking about all these great things in this shared language and, oh my God, golf is like, it helps you understand people. How deep into it is she? And, and is that, you know, if she's not that into it, is it, has it been difficult to kind of share this part of your life and really have you, you know, like explain why this stuff has, has meant so much to you? Well, she understands golf. She obviously went to a lot of Jordan's tournaments with me and and watched a lot of those and she she enjoyed that she doesn't play she's never played but you know she'll watch the masters or the open or championship uh and understands and has her favorites i think she loves rory and um like like most women do and she likes uh she she likes uh she liked phil um although she's soured on him a bit now uh <laughs> like a lot of us have but she's she knows all the big players so, uh, you know, when I'm watching golf on the Sunday, you know, like we all do and, and we all sort of text or post on Twitter and stuff, she'll come in and watch some of it. And that, now the one that she loves the most, honestly, every time she walks in, when I'm watching whatever tournament it is, the first thing she always says is how's Jordan Spieth doing? I mean, every single time, how is Jordan Spieth doing? We might need to get her on the podcast. And I'm like, well, he's there, but he kind of blew up, but he's, you know, and, um, that's her first question. And that, so that's her, that's actually her favorite player. I, I'd put Rory as her, as her second, but she had never been. And of course I've been 15 times now and, um, uh, she's just not a big traveler, but I'm, you know, after this last trip and I honestly, the reason I decided to go back again was to play the Iona open, um, I'm writing a story for Link's Diary about Iona and I wanted it to include the open, which was just Tron, you've got to, I know you'll do it at some point, but you've got, you'll, you've got to do it. It's just, you'll love it. You'll love everything about it. 
But I, that's why I ultimately decided to do it was for this story. And I said, look, you've got to go with me. You've never been. And she was a little hesitant. Uh, and she's, she's traveled in the U S but she's never done all this travel overseas like I've done. And I think she, she had a great time. I mean, I honestly, Iona was her favorite place that we went. She told me that she would, she would live there if she could, which I would too. That would be probably third or fourth on my list, but they're, they're all, it's a very, it's not a big difference between the, the, the rankings, but now she, look, she, she, she understands it. She, she was a big, obviously we, a lot of our lives, we dedicated to following Jordan around and, you know, when he, when they won the state championship in 2015, she was right there. And I think women are a little bit more pragmatic about golf disasters than men are. I mean, watching Jordan was an up and down thing and he was such a good player, but if something would go wrong, I'd be like, Oh my God, you know, it's over. And she'd be like, no, he'll be fine. I mean, I think women are a little bit more realistic about the what can happen than than we are we i think we jumped to a little bit sometimes the worst case scenario but she now she had a great time and i i would put down she loved uh denaverty iona uh aaron was up there you know we we spent my god um uh, tron i mean on iona finley invited us to his house with his all his college friends we spent a whole evening there they cooked for us it was just like the big chill or something it was just it was perfect. And then we went to Aaron and Greg McRae and, and Pam and his, their daughter, Eva, they invited us to their house and we sat in their back garden looking out at over the bay. And I look, I, I would put it, you know, I don't, I haven't really, we haven't really talked about it other than she said she had a great time, but I, I would imagine that it was one of the best trips she's ever had. And, you know, I think going to Scotland is, can be overwhelming because um you see this stuff you leave the airport and you start driving out of town and you start seeing these things and, and they 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 don't look realistic and i think i go back to when we were on mall and uh i was sort of drive or tron was driving that day i was in the pasture seat. yes i was <laughs> <Get on the laughs> record, yeah. and yes and every every time they mad or tron it'd be like this is ridiculous. It's just not even real. I mean, it, so it can be overwhelming when you've never been, but it, it, no, she had a great time and I, I'm glad I, she finally got to go and God willing, I'll be back and for the open. Well, I've got tickets for the open at Troon already for the Wednesday and Thursday. And I've had a bunch of members invite me. So I'm hoping that we can, we can meet up on Aaron and do what Tron's talking about and, and go over. But yeah, it was it was great, and um, she loved it, and uh, I'm glad that she finally got to go. Yeah, it's over. cool too. Like I loved after our trip, kind of the perfect analogy for you, I guess, is like after our trip, like I, you know, Matt Matt flew home. You had to go to the Taylor Swift concert, Matt, and then that's I had true. To, we could do a whole podcast. I had to watch the kids was. while my wife went yeah. to Taylor Swift. Yeah, she went to the yeah. Okay, that's ah, right. okay. and then and then uh, you know I flew home or I flew to I flew to California, and then. Uh, Patty, Patty took the ferry back to Northern Ireland and Jim just keeps going. He goes to Port Patrick and Preswick St. Nicholas and, you know, there's, and, and, and then, and then he went to the old, yeah. the, uh, old firm game as well, which 
I'd love to hear about like what you did after, you know, after we left and the trip kept going for you. Well, yeah, I took you to the ferry at Brodick. I drove you up and it was honestly, it was emotional for me to be quite honest. I, I'm sure you remember it, but I, I put you on the ferry there. Greg actually came down and said, and talked to me after I, I dropped you off and I, I went up to the course at Brodick and walked around. And while I was standing on about the third or fourth green, I saw the ferry leaving. I've got a good photo of it. And I'm like, Tron's on that ferry. He's gone. He's trying to get to wherever you you were going to, I think LA country club or something like that. <laughs> um, which is crazy. Yeah, that's, in its a own other, right. that's a whole other story. To, to, to yeah. fly from, to get from Brodick to LA country club. I don't even know. How you there's get a couple there, of but... my, my favorite things. We've talked about this in a couple Tron, I would say your your uh Hoy Lake to Sand Hills was probably up there on this on this uh spectrum. But th- there's a couple things where you could realize, like, you know what? I might be the first person in humanity that's ever made that's ever made this trip from point A to point B. I think Tron's got about six of those to his name. I think that and that's a great thing to claim. I mean, I often say I've got to be the only person from Alabama that's played Isle of Seal Golf Club or, or something. Yeah. Like, I do that a lot. So it's a I, look, I love claiming that stuff. But uh, so, you know, I saw Tron leave and, you know, we had such a good time. And I was I did. I walked the entire course at Brodick and um, I was leaving the next uh, to go to. Uh, I was going across and play Presswick St. Nicholas for the first time which my good friend Chris McBride, who's a caddy at Presswick for 40 years, who I've written about a lot, is in the book. And I've written about him for Link's Diary, just a genius. And uh, he had set it up for me because he kept telling me, Jim, you know, you've played Presswick 20 times. You've got to play St. Nicholas. It was old Tom's club. And I went there and the God almighty, the people were so nice to me. I just, it was so much fun. And, I went from, I was by myself. I went from there to Port Patrick, which is down the coast. I went by, um, down the, that part. I went by Turnberry, stopped at Turnberry, which uh, I'm right. I've written a story about Turnberry for the next Link's Diary. And, um, I wanted to go out and walk some of the holes at Turnberry. I've written a story about the, uh, I've actually written a story about the 2009 open. It's going to be in the next Link's Diary. And I interviewed uh, Matt Goggin, who played with Tom, who played with Watson the last day. And I wanted to get Matt's perspective on what it was like to play with Tom that last day and what he saw. But I, it was great because I, I got to do that. I walked several of the holes, and then I went down to Port Patrick, and then I went up to a little course. I went to a course called St. Madan that was this nine-hole course that, may have had 18 blind shots on it. Every shot was blind. It was just, it was just like everything I love. And so that's what I did. And I'm always trying to find some of these places. And whenever I go over, I've got a goal of at least finding two of the places I've never been. And, you know, Scotland has 520 golf courses. And I think I've played 140 of them. I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous for a country. You know, the country is the size of probably South Carolina or something like that. And it's just golf course after golf course. And they're all in their own way interesting. And um, so I did do that. 
and um, I wound up meeting some more great people and winding up back at Glasgow Airport and flying home. We and, went to the game too. Oh, the old, oh yes, the old firm. That's that's what I've left out here. So, Chris, my my friend at my caddy and my friend at Presswick, I was going to play Presswick uh, the day after St. Nicholas. I'd been planning this, and Chris sent me a a message. He said, uh, Jim, I've got some bad news. And he was like, I thought somebody had died. And he said, the old firm game is the day that you want to play Presswick. And he said, look, you're a good friend, and uh, I will miss the game. And Caddy Can I just you. ask real quick, what the hell is the old firm game? I don't know what this is. It, it is Celtic versus Rangers in Scotland. It's a, it's it What is sport are we talking about? Like okay. football, soccer. Like hurling or rugby. Or... Have you ever? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard of DJ? Have you ever heard of Al, the Iron Bow Alabama versus? <laughs> I have Auburn? heard of that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Multiply that by about twenty-five, <laughs> and you've got the old firm game. So Chris is like immovable. Can't you know, can't miss it. It's it, it can't. Yeah. But I, you know, I I will caddy for you, but he said I'm gonna. I've, I can't. I've got the tickets. He said, I'll take you to the game. I'll let you have my wife's ticket. And I'm like, I can't make this man miss this game. And so I'm like, yeah. And I, and the other part of me is like, God, this is going to be the greatest experience of my entire life. So we went. So I, I played Nick St. Nicholas and I was at the hotel. And Chris said, I'll pick you up. I'll Me and my friend will pick you up at 7 o'clock. And the game was at. I think it too. Because they've moved them up because like to, to keep people out of the bars, right? Like yeah. they they move them up to, because they keep people out of the pub. So but he picked me up at seven and we go to the pub, the local pub the Celtic pub in air. We get in there at like seven thirty and the guys are just knocking back Guinnesses and Jameson, just like end of the world at seven thirty in the morning. And I'm like, what have I gotten into? And Chris was just laughing and I loved every single second of it. I love sports. I love the passion of sports. And so we, I met all of Chris's friends. This was their Celtic club in air. And so we get on a bus to go to the stadium. Uh, and I told Chris, I said, am I, what's going to happen? I'm, am I going to get killed at this thing? He's like, no, no, no. He said, it'll be fine. He said, the, the, the Celtic fans never see the Rangers fans. I've got them completely segregated. One side of the stadium's Rangers. One side is uh, Celtic. And he was right. We we pulled up, and uh, you never see the other fans are completely segregated. Um, the, all the pubs were closed because they don't want people to drink. But Chris was like, "There's a there's a um, what do they call them over there? Uh, it was a grocery store." But he said, "There's a grocery store about three blocks that I know will sell us beer." And so we, he said, "Let's go." We walked up there and got like a six pack of tenants and came back. And uh, we went into the game, and it was such a spectacle, guys. I mean, they stand up the entire time. They sing songs the entire time. Uh, Celtic played. Honestly, Rangers outplayed Celtic that day, but Celtic had the one. Uh, and I'm not an expert, I, although I do like watching uh, soccer, I have to admit. And I've gotten a little bit at the, the nuances of it. But they had one trip where they were – it was all set and they actually made their goal. Rangers had like 25 chances and they just missed every single one of them. But so it wound up one to nothing. And, uh, I'm so happy I did that. I, I, I it was 
I've never been to anything else like it. There are rivals, they're bitter enemies, uh, more so than Alabama and Auburn. And um, I'm just, I admire people that are so passionate about something. And um, I'm so, I, and Chris invited me back to come again. I may go to another one. I mean, I just, uh, I've gotten the Scottish Premier League on, um, I've ordered it on, I've watched it on, uh, whatever I've ordered it on, I've got it now. And I've, I've, I've watched uh, you know, Inverness and, um, you know, some of the other teams. And if you give yourself, I used to be skeptical about the sport when I was younger. I'm like, what are they doing? You know, but there's an art to it. And a, if you watch it in a way where you're, you've got an open mind, there's such an art to how they move the ball. And so I, I'm a, I've become a fan of that, which I never thought I would have, but it was, it was one of the greatest days of my life. And, um, Chris was so great. And we got back, we got back that night and the Celtic had won. We went back to the pub, and of course, they were just going fucking nuts. I mean, they were just like laid out on the ground in this place, just drinking shots and go, just screaming, yelling, singing. And I'm like, I, this is how we should live our lives. It's the way, the way that this, you know, these people enjoy their life and they work, but they've got this this thing that they love. And I got to say, I mean, of all these trips, I mean having been able to do that, I'm so glad I did it. And, uh, it was just, and I, I've got a lot of friends like fin Finley's a big Sean, you know, cause he gave us a, he gave me a ranger scarf. He, he's a rangers man. Greg's a rangers man. And so I'm, I'm sympathetic to both sides and I'm, I'm not going to take a side, but, uh, the spectacle of that game is worth, if you have a chance to get it on, uh, I don't even know what I've got it on YouTube TV or something, but if you have a chance to get it, it's, fun it's really it's fun super smart you jim to not not pick a side exactly now i hope they all, I hope I mean, they all play hard <laughs> <laughs> well we should, we should probably start landing the plane here as as you're starting to throw out the alabama and auburn uh stuff you know i don't want you and matt to to come to blows but <laughs> I, I think a couple a couple other things I, I wanted to get at for sure so the the film's out there now well the the book has been out there for quite a few years i, I think what what's been your reaction to to the story being out there and the the i'm sure you've gotten a million emails from people and people asking you about to you know all kinds of different things i mean what what's it been like for that to be very public for you it's interesting i have gotten hundreds if not thousands of emails and dms and messages from people about the book it actually started with the golfer's journal story that I wrote. That was kind of a, I would, I always call it sort of an outline of the book. And I, I got hundreds of messages about that. Still get them about that. It's kind of a cliff notes version of the book. If people aren't able to, you know, read for three or four days, they can, they can read the short version of it. So that was kind of how it started. But when the book came out, I just started getting, emails and messages and these long, long, long emails from people. And I've got to say, DJ, it, it sort of falls into three categories and I'm, I'm happy about all of this, but, um, number one, unfortunately it's people that have had a similar thing happen to them, that their son is, or their daughter or their brother has died from an accidental drug overdose, which is a huge, huge problem in this country. And they are just like, Jim, I read the book. 
this has given me so much. It's I, I didn't know that somebody felt the same way I did. Thank you for writing this. Thank you for being public about it. And I've gotten hundreds of those and some of them are just so horrific, but I always respond and it takes a while. Um, and I, I hope I haven't missed people, but I've gotten a ton of those and a lot of those. The second sort of category is from people that have young children and they're like, Jim, I've read this. I'm going to, I've really sort of thought about how I'm living my life and how I want to be there for my children and what I want to do with my children and how important they are. And it just made me, it's made me think about that and, um, how I, how I want to bring up my children. And that makes me really happy because I wanted that to be part of the book. I wanted people to see how precious it is that you have a family and you have children and what you have to do to help them and try to help them. And so that's the second. And then the third one, which I'm really, really happy about too. And this is honestly, this is, I've gotten this one as much as any of the other ones. It's people like Jim, I've read this book. I want to take the exact same trip you did to Scotland. Can you help me plan a trip? Or I want to, I want to play a lot of the courses you played. What do I need to do? Or where do I need to go? And, um, Campbelltown or where, where do I need to go in uh, Oban? I get those at least five to 10 a week. And I try to respond to all of them. And I know you guys know this. I'm nothing on the level of what you guys must, must get from people, but it's hard to respond to everybody, but you try the best you can, especially people that have taken the time to buy your book and order, you feel almost obligated to like, I've got to help this person. And I get those. I mean, I got one yesterday. I'm going to my wife and I want to go to Kintyre. What do I need to do? Where should I go? And I love doing that. I've done, I don't know how many itineraries for people where I've just done it and said, this is what you should do. And people have done it. Uh, I get, and then they come back and send me messages and say, this was perfect. It was exactly what I've, thought it would be it was such a great thrill so that's kind of the three categories i just um you know the one where you know people have had the similar just disaster and then people that are thinking about their family and then people that are just and i want i wanted this book to showcase or talk about my love of scotland and the people of scotland and i'm so happy that it's been able to do that um because I didn't want it. It's a terrible story and I didn't want it to just be about that. And it's not just about that. It's got humor in it. I think Tron will agree that humor is the way that we deal with things in life. And, uh, throughout the book, I try to have insert humor and which I'm so happy you guys did in the, in the film too, uh, because life is just a lot of different things. And, you know, unless we can laugh at things, we, we can't make it. So, kind of a long-winded answer but that's kind of the reaction it's been kind of a threefold reaction and i still hope that people will buy this book and you know it's we're still less than a year since it came out and um you know we're still hoping to, to get it out to a lot more people so but that's 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 it dj well tron i think on on that note it's i wanted to ask you about this but it, 
you know, the itinerary stuff is very interesting, right? When it's like, hey, I, you know, you want to highlight these places, but part of the reason that they are what they are is that they feel so remote and they feel so isolated. And I mean, there's probably a delicate balance there, right? It's like, what does that feel like when you're, when you're there? Is there any kind of like, hey, maybe I don't post this photo kind of? Yeah, (laughs) this was, yeah, this, I felt like that a few times when I was on air and, and like, we didn't even get like sunny weather. I was like, man, this might be my favorite place in the world. Like, and selfishly, I don't really want to tell people about it because it's that, it's that cool. And, and you don't want to spoil it. Um, I think there's something to be said for, we took this trip in the shoulder season. Uh, so we took this trip in late, late April, same thing, Jim, a lot of people reach out and, you know, I always try to tell them, Hey, put your own spin on it. And here's three or four ideas, but dig deeper than the usual suspects, put your own spin on the trip and get on Google earth and, you know, be curious about something and, you know, kind of let that curiosity take over. But part of the time that you can really do that, I think is in like, you know, March, April, May, when the weather may not be, you know, it's Scotland, right? You're going to get probably going to get shitty weather at some point on the trip, which to me, I like, I, I like that. I appreciate that. We almost had too good a weather the first, you know, maybe two thirds of this trip. Um, and then, you know, same thing with September, October, you know, it's, it's cheaper, it's less crowded, it's easier to get tea times, all that. So, you know, but I think part of it too is it's not like, you know, these nine or 10 places that we went to Jim's point and to Jim's whole career as a golf rider, like there's so many more of these places, right? Like, you know, I feel the same way about Brora as I do about, you know, Corey or Caradale. I feel the same way about you know, boat of garden as I do, you know, and, and so there's, there's all these different corners of Scotland and, you know, the West is, this is my first time to the West, but like, you know, I love the Highlands. I love, you know, even like the interior, you know, going up through like Pitlockery and stuff like that. There's, there's just so many different little pockets of Scotland. And so I think, you know, and then there's the same thing in Northern England. There's the same thing where you went down, you know, kind of that, that, southwest part of scotland there there's there's so many pockets there's there's 20 other courses like we were next door to macrahanish dunes and didn't play it just because we wanted to play two rounds at macrahanish and dig in deeper there because jim says like hey that this is you know three through eight's the best set of links holes anywhere in the world and like i would be right there agreeing with you and you know don't spread yourself too thin like go go dig deep places and like this i think what i love about it too is hopefully these places attract the right type of people. It's not going to be the box checkers or, Hey, I need to go play the top 100. Like, all right, cool. If that's your thing, then like, don't go to Dunaverty. But like, if you want to go play like really soulful golf, cause I think that's the other thing about like, yeah, it's however long, you know, what, what's that already? 5,800 well, yards or nope. something? Not even. Dunaverty is 5,000 yards. So yeah, 5,000 yeah. yards. And like, I would say like the fifth, the fifth and sixth holes are like two of the best par fours I've played this year just so like just so cool or fives even not i, I think one's a part three one's a part four but like that's part of the magic it's like i can't even tell which one's a part three <laughs> like, which is also very trod it's, it's one of the best part fours i've played all year but it also might be a part three <laughs> uh what else you guys want to get to jim i don't want to take up your your whole entire afternoon here but uh, you know anything else you want to really make sure we we hit on before we wrap up no i think this has been great you guys i mean you know, again, I I watched the the rough cut of the film and 
it's just so well done and matt did such a beautiful job on it and to see robbie and greg and ewan and george clark for god's sake george was there i mean my god almighty an nlu legend a legendary figure in no laying up i mean george shows up at the book signing and just the nicest nicest man him and his wife ann are just like the two nicest people you could ever meet I, I, and they they drop i think we've told know. this story on the podcast sorry real quick but to to just add context to george he's he's of course the guy that's in the cullen episode of of tourist sauce uh i don't know what is he club captain general manager i don't i don't really it's know probably been all of the above it's i'm know, sure he's kind of just general cullen yeah. kind of guy but he uh Maybe one of my favorite interactions I think I've ever had, and Jim, it speaks to so much of of what both you and Tron were were saying over the last ninety minutes here. But we got there, we played the first two, three, four, five holes at Cullen, and we're all just like, our jaws are on the ground, we're just like this is the coolest place any of us have ever seen. This is unbelievable, and George was convinced that we were making fun of him, and we were putting him on, and just like, oh come on, guys, like this is. Like, yeah, no, I know, I know it's not Muirfield. I know it's not the old course, but like, you know, we like it. No, we're like, George, we're being dead serious, man. This is unbelievable. We haven't ever seen anything like this. And I think after that, it was kind of like, oh, all right. I, I think you guys actually do enjoy kind of the right, the right aspect. That was kind of how I felt like Jim felt when we went up to Caradale. I mean, the road up there is, is why it's like 45 minutes, an hour north of Campbelltown. And it's like one of the windiest roads I've ever been on. And we get up there, yeah, we get up there and, you know, Jim can kind of tell, he's like, he's like, all right, this might be too far afield even for Tron. And I can tell you were almost like, you had a little, like a little bit of anxiety there. Yeah. And it was on the back, you know, it was about on the back end of the book signing and Macrohanish and kind of this, you know, first part of the trip, we had a lot more kind of be here at this time and scheduled out and all that. And we end up, you know, just, after the first hole, I, I, I'd flown the drone a little bit beforehand. And then after the first hole, I'm like, this is, this is one of the coolest pieces of land I've ever seen before. And I think that might be my favorite golf course from the entire trip. Jim. And, and, but it was, it was shades of that George Lark of like, all right, he's fucking with me. Like, this is, like, this isn't, you know, and I was like, no, I'm not. Well, this is totally you know, earnest. The fact, yeah. I mean, you know, I knew how much you've, I could tell from the beginning after we got up to the top on that for the first par three hole, it's a par three, which is straight uphill and you get up on the top and, um, you can see Aaron and you can see the sound of Kim Brandon and Tron was like, I, this is not, I, he was just, I, I could look at his face and just see how excited he was, which made it so much fun for me. And, you know, again, these people like George and, you know, um, my friend William from Glasgow that, that came down, who's a member of Aberfoyle and came all the way down for this book signing, you know, for no reason at all, other than he, he's bought 10 copies of the book and has given it to his friends. And, um, you know, I'm just lucky that, um, I've been able to do stuff like this and been able to meet you guys, you know, through really the luck of the draw and, the fact that I got paired with Tron at a, in a tournament six or seven years ago, and we sort of all became friends and, you know, it just, uh, it's a great thing about golf. It's the way things work. And um, I'm happy that it's, it's happened. And I, I really appreciate you guys doing this and, 
because I do want this book to get out to more people. I do think it still has a, a wider audience to reach yet, even, even nine or 10 months into it. And, um, so I'm, I'm going to keep trying to promote it. And cause I do want, again, those, all three of those categories that I mentioned are, are valid for people to, to take something away from this. And so that's what I want to do. And I can't thank you enough. And, you know, Matt and Patty should be mentioned to at times I forgot he was only 23 or 24. I, at times I was like, okay, this guy's way beyond his years. But then there were other times, yeah, like, okay, 24, he's, yeah. he's not, Patty he's, he's 23 years. Old. He, he's, he's 23 years. Old. He doesn't, but it was, it was kind of an interesting dichotomy. He was actually, and I rode down with him from, um, Oban to Aaron and we got in the car and his brakes were like grinding. We got, we, 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 we got out of he had Oban. a flat tire in Oban. Yeah. And so we get barely, barely out of Oban. His brakes are like, just like the brake pads. There's like nothing there. And I'm like, Patty, have you heard this? Like, yeah, I'm going to fix it. I'm like, we're not going to make it to Oban. And so the whole time, and you know, that road down from Oban yeah. Tron to, to Aaron is just about as windy as uh, anything, but we made it and he's a great guy. And he, uh, it's so fun how much you guys have brought in people to help and become part of your, your group and, and do stuff like this. And he's got a beautiful eye. When we were at Mockery Bay, he was so excited. Um, he took so many photos. I could just, I was watching him out of the corner of my eye and he could just see, how cool it was and how weird some of these holes were. And so look, it, it, it's one of the highlights of, of, of my life. And, um, I hope we can, you know, again, you know, I'm looking forward to Troon next summer and maybe we can figure something out and, um, do a little bit more, but it, this has been great. You guys. And, and thank yeah, you. For we got to get back to Gia too. That we're trying to get to Gia and ask her. Got, we got all to those places. Um, Jim, yeah. uh, Wanted to talk Macrahanish real quick. We didn't talk too much about Macrahanish. Just like, what's has it changed since you first went there, or is it still, you know, other than the clubhouse that it burned down changed. and they've got a new clubhouse? Is it? A, yeah, I think. Yeah, it, it's a fair enough question. It's changed a little bit. the The clubhouse is so much different. Um, the old clubhouse was an old house that was sitting in the same spot that they the members had renovated and turned it into a clubhouse and it was just like this perfect sort of clubhouse. And, um, it was totally different than what they have now. And I'm not saying what they have now is bad. It's beautiful. It's like as an architect, you know, it's great. Um, but it's, it's a little different. It's not as, it's not as rustic as it was in 94. It's, it's a little bit more, um, it's a little different, but it's still great. I, no, no, no complaints, but it's, uh, honestly, back in 94, Macrohanish was not a whole lot different than going to Denaverty, maybe just the slightly. conditioning perspective now, now just the feeling you got the feeling of it. Yeah. It's a little bit more, um, you know, it's just a little different, but I, I don't have any problem with any of it. It's just, it's just slightly different than it was. I mean, there's more people that know about it, which makes a difference. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I love it and I'll, I'll never quit loving it, but, um, it's slightly different, but it's, it's, it's still great. Of three through eight. What are your, what's your favorite hole? Seven. Brooke Moore. Seven is like one of the greatest blind holes in, on the planet. 
you hit that drive out there and then you're just like looking at this massive dune and you don't know where to go. And I, I actually, I think I've, I may have written about this. I think that's probably the greatest. It may be the greatest blind hole in the world. All respect to Presswick and Royal County down in La Hinch. It's, uh, it's just, uh, just a classic golf hole and it's a really hard golf hole too. And then Matt, what, um, kind of not having been there, What's the place that you most look forward to going back to? Well, biggest surprise overall was not golf related. It was food related. I first trip to Scotland, I'm like, okay, fish and chips and, you know, fried, everything's brown. And the food we had in Oban made me want to like book my trip back there, just go explore and eat at all the restaurants and take little day trips out, you know, here and there. Um, but there's so much, I mean, now that I've gone on the second trip to Scotland, uh, the East side, like I do see what you mean. It's a little different. It's not as, uh, rustic and, you know, the people are a little, they're used to tourists coming through where, where we were. It's, you know, like, I want to know your story. Like, tell me about you because (laughs) why, why, and how are you here kind of thing. And, um, yeah, love to get back. Love to get back down to uh, to South End and and see Denaverty and go take my clothes with me next time, uh, for sure. I mean, Jim, next time the the opens at at Portrush, we should just rent the sea captain's house and then get a boat. You know, get a get a big, you know, boat captain and just get have a across here, the yeah. way. To- <laughs> there's a there's a speedboat that goes across there that you can that you can rent um so yeah it God, can get you guys out of a cigarette a cigarette boat cruising across the <laughs> right across into the, the harbor bar that's what it's yeah. gonna be so sick with that <laughs> jim one of my favorite stories you told me is the, the story from caradale Either the first or second time you went there you wrote a letter to the club will you tell that one <laughs> yeah it was so when Jake and I were going in 2019, I sent a letter to the club because I, I, I believe in the formalities of uh, how things are done there. Even even in these smaller places, Tron, you'll you'll notice there's there's formalities, which I respect completely. And so I had sent a letter and said, look, my son and I want to play on the day and, um, you know, we're going to be there around 10 o'clock. And, and yeah, I got a, I got a message back. I, it was an email. I got a message back. Of course, you're welcome. No, no worries. And so we showed up. I can't remember. It was nine o'clock in the morning or something. And you've been there. There was nobody in the parking lot. It's, and um, It's an honesty box. In the it's an honesty box. box. Yeah. So there, well, actually there was one car, a, a sort of a nice, uh, Toyota that was in the parking lot and Jake and I pulled up and this this lady walks out of the clubhouse and she says, Are you are you Mr. Hartsville? And I said, Yes. And um she said, Well, we wanted to welcome you here to Caradale. And there was nobody on the golf course. I mean nobody. And she said, uh, you know, I just want to let you know that the committee has met. And we have we have decided to give you the honor of playing the metal tees today. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I can't thank you. I I really appreciate that." 
I, you know, thank you for doing that. And she was so nice. And I love, I dearly love the formalities. I, I, I you know, even at places like Benaverty and Caradale and even Isle of Seal, just the little formalities are so, are so nice. And, uh, so Jake and I, and honestly, it was a great honor because you, the, you Tron, you've been out there the, the fourth metal, the metal tee on the fourth at Caradale. I mean, that may be the, that that may be the tee of the entire world. Honestly, I mean, it it may be the greatest tee in golf and it's like another 80 yards back from where the other one is. Yeah. So Jake and I played the medals and, uh, I wrote him a letter afterwards, thanking him for letting us do that. And, um, you know, I just, you know, it's funny, you and I have talked a lot the last few years about this. And when you come back from playing golf over there and you get home, you're depressed because, you know, you know that you're not going to get that. You know that it's just different. And I'm look, we've got great golf here and we all are happy to play it. And I'm happy to go to Sweden's and, and I love it. And, and I'm lucky that I've got that close to me, but, um, you're sort of depressed because you, that, that sort of, it's just totally different. We don't have, and there's no way to replicate it. I mean, it's just the fact of being in Scotland or Wales or England or even Ireland. And, um, you know, the way that they view these clubs and the way that they, even these smaller clubs, the way that they, they sort of view them as a framework of their life is beautiful to me. And I, um, Actually, my next book is going to be, I've started it. It's going to be about sort of my favorite or my favorite 18 courses in in Scotland. And that's a lot of what I'm going to write about is that sort of formality of, and they felt that they needed to grant us that privilege of playing those metal tees. And I'm going to tell you, man, I've been at, Jake and I, that same trip, we were at Anstruther, which I think y'all just DJ, DJ, you just you and Matt just played, which is a course that I dearly. It's actually Jake's favorite golf course in the world, and Jake and I played Anstruther in 2019 before we got to Caradale, and we were out early in the morning. Nobody was out there, and we got to like what's the after the it's five I think or six the downhill par three after the one along the beach. And we went up that metal tee is so awesome. It's like way up high looking down and Jake and I went up there and hit and we walked down and the greenskeeper walked up to us and he said, sir, you do not have the privilege to play the metal tees today. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I and mean, we were very, and he, he was nice, but he was making a stern. point. That, yeah, yeah. He was very stern and we didn't have the privilege to do it. And we were granted that at Caradale and, um, a lot of times those metal tees, like Tron at Shiskin, I mean, the uh, fifth at Shiskin, that metal tee, dear God almighty. I mean, you got it in the, the Shiskin video. I mean, when I saw you look at that tee, you were like, we're going back there. And, um, you know, Greg, of course, we had we had one of the members with us, and he's like, yeah, we're fine to go back there. Um, but a lot of times those metal tees are just so different. Like the metal tee on the 17th of Denaverty, the hole is completely different. It's way back by the river and you're playing across the fairway. And so it is, you know, I would tell people if you're, 
if you do have the ability and you're able to club lets you to mix some of them up, it can be, it can be a lot of fun, but, uh, that was, that was fun because the lady was so formal, but she was so nice. And, uh, we were granted that privilege, which I've never, I've, I wrote them a letter of thanks and I will, you know, Caradale is one that I will always, it'll be in my next book. It's, it's one of the 18. And, uh, so anyway, yeah, that was, that was a good one. Well, Jim, that, that, that feeling of sadness when you get home, I mean, this is a good, you know, kind of jumping off point for, you get that feeling of sadness, but then you get that, that hope or that optimism for the next trip. It takes three and, days, three days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, yeah. and it's, it's something where you, know, you just steadily addict, you just develop an addiction to Scottish golf and to Scotland in general. So for you, like where, where's next? Like when you got home from, from that trip or from the last trip you took here later this summer, it's like, what, what course is next for you that you're really itching to get to that you're kicking yourself that you haven't been to yet? This is a really good question. And I, I did, you know, it's funny cause you know, the travel, I'm a little bit older than y'all, but the travel is difficult getting home and going through all these airports and not having enough time. And you, you get home and you're like, I'm so exhausted. I cannot do this. But then after two or three days, you're like, when, when am I going again? It takes like three days. So I started thinking about it um, and I just, um, I think, I don't know. I, I, I want to go back out to Askernish again, which I have been to, but there's one that I have not been to that you and I were actually going to go to before the, the fairies fiasco got us. There's one called Barra that is right next to Askernish. That's one I have got to go to. Uh, it's a little ferry right over from, uh, like Boysdale at Askernish. Um, if you can get the ferries to line up and I've got to go to Barra. I want to, when I take Jake, Jake's going to go with me next summer for the open at Troon. Uh, I want to get him to Barra. I want to get him to Askernish. I got to get him to Iona. Uh, and these are places I've been, but I have Honestly, I've, I've been, I want to get to Barra. I, there's a place, uh, well, yes, there's a, a course called, um, in Shetland, um, which is like in Norway. I mean, it's like nine hours north of Aberdeen on a ferry, um, called Walze that I want to play. I've always wanted to play. If I could somehow get to Shetland, that's kind of, that's my last sort of, Orkney and Shetland are my last sort of white whale, I guess that I, and they're just, they're even harder than Askernish to get to. And, and um, you just got to have the time to commit to it. But I, that, I, that will, I would say that getting to Shetland and Orkney would be the last two and getting to Barra. Um, and there's a few, um, there's a few, and I love, and you know, this, I love the, I love the inland courses as much as the, the, the links, I love, you know, boat of garden, um lady bank i've played i've not played pit lockery which i'd love to do cool little place yeah i've not played um there's a couple of inlands that i've played Glen eagles kings and queens which is you could have this they should have the scottish open there every year as far as i'm concerned but there are some inlands that i've that i still want to check off you know i got down to port patrick and st medans and Strong Rare, which was another braid course, my God, was just brilliant. You would love every minute of it. 
Uh, yeah, uh, Southern Ass, um, I couldn't get to. Jermaine got sick on the last bit of the trip. I had I had Southern Ass and uh, Powfoot scheduled, and we had to cancel it, and uh, she just couldn't do it. But uh, So there's a couple of places like that. But I, I've been to all parts of the country, and, you know, I'm a, you know, the, the, the Hebrides inner and outer my in the Western Kintyre are what I love the most, but I'm, I'm like you, I mean, Brora, Goldsby, Dornick, um, you know, Helmsdale, those places up there, Wick, Ray, you would, if I could get you up to Wick and Ray, you'd probably never come back. I mean, it just, it's just, there's all these different areas and you just have to, it's hard, you know, because traveling, you know, driving there is not, it takes longer than it does here. It just, it's just different. And so you have to kind of pick and choose. And if you've got 10 days, you know, you're sort of better off trying to concentrate in one area and getting in as much as you can there. Um, in my opinion, I mean, then trying to just, and I've done the flying around with my dad. We've gone to Dorna down to Macrahannis. I had a guy, well, Mr. Baxter, in fact, when we went that first trip, he asked me where we were going when we left. And I said, well, we're going to drive up to Dornick. And he just looked at me and he said, what? I said, you were driving to Dornick. And I, he said, well, he said, I don't, he said, I've heard of people doing that, but I've never actually done it myself. I mean, he thought we were like flying to the moon or something. It just, <laughs> they just have a different sense of scale than we do. And they, and gas is petrol is so expensive that it, it makes sense. I mean, they just don't, you know, it, we think nothing of hauling off and driving to Landman or to Sand Hills or whatever, um, because we have a different, it's just different. And so, you know, I, I I've got places, Barrow, Shetlands, um, you know, some of that, um, you know, I, I've never played the Ardfin, which I, you know, I'm not a, you know, Ardfin's that one out on, um, yeah. you know, super that's exclusive. Yeah, super, oh, super exclusive. I've never played, um, the one up by Dornick, um, Skibo Castle, Mm-hmm. which looks great but it's very very exclusive uh but you know the it's funny you know after all these years i get a lot of invitations and you know who knows what but next year i'm, I'm going to get jake to really i want to focus on aaron and go into the open troon and getting him out to iona and if we can get to bear and ask her i would dearly love to do that um so that's kind of my, my plans for next year well, there we go. I'll I'll go out to Barra, and then the other thing I love about you is not only do you have all these courses, there's also like, you know, when you go to Askernish, you you have a pub or a you know the was it the politician restaurant? The politician, okay. yeah. Which, if I had got you to the politician again, I don't think you would have left there. I think you would have just stayed and said, "Can I be the general manager, or can I bring my family over here?" It's just these places are just different than what we have and i'm jealous but you go in the politician robbie and i had a table and there's somebody playing a fiddle and a you know bag and it just i can't even describe i mean y'all you guys have done it to sit there and have a pint and to to talk to people i'm i'm jealous and that's that's the saddest thing to me when i come back and 
you know, I'm jealous of that way of life and I, I miss it a lot, but I look forward to going back and, uh, but yeah, those, those places, I mean, again, when I, when I, when people ask me about, it, I always throw in, you got to go to the politician, you got to go to Muniroy and, and have a late afternoon lunch, which we did, Matt and Trump, we all, and, you know, we just, it was just like a dream world. We'd loved it. And Francis was so great. And, you know, she didn't want you guys to film her, which I, I assume that's why you didn't put her on the video. Cause she was very reluctant to be on camera, but she's such a nice lady and just a brilliant baker. And, uh, so yeah, that to me is, again, that's a big part of the, the planning is finding these kind of off the beaten path places and, and, and go in there and spend in the evening, play golf all day, get a, um, you know, get a, taxi to take you to these places a lot of times you can just walk most of the time you can just walk and uh have a great evening and then do it the next day well i think the the coolest part that i keep thinking about is you know you saying you you based so much of your trip on bamberger's book and and having these like touchstones and i I think the film you guys all made hopefully hopefully does that for a lot of people as well I, i hope this is kind of a a good landmark a good guide guidebook a good uh you know just kind of historical document of a lot of these places that you you're talking about i'm I'm so proud of what you guys made and jim i'm proud of you for just putting putting this out there and really trying to help people and trying to bring light to something you love so much and uh it's just it's one of my favorite things we've ever done so i thank you guys for doing it jim thanks for for the time and for hopping on today and unless there's anything else i think we we wrap it there. Yeah. All right. Oh, Cheers, Matt, guys. Matt, great, like great work. I can't like yeah. this thing is ninety percent just your blood, sweat, and tears as far as putting this together and sifting through some pretty heavy stuff for the last few months on you know as far as footage goes, and then also go buy the book. People go go yeah, right. absolutely go uh, back yeah. nine press.com. It's back the number nine press.com. You can get it on Amazon and I think Barnes and Noble and all those other places. But if you can order it directly from back press.com, that's Amazon takes a pretty big cut of things is, you know, but anywhere you want to get it, it's fine with me. I just, I just want people to read it. I never got into this to make money. I don't care about that. Although it does help me finance the next book. If you, if you can buy some and as people enjoy it, um, that would help, but back nine press.com. And we've got a lot of great books out. They've just put one out about, uh, Seth Rainer's new courses and or Seth Rainer's, uh, all of Seth Rainer's yeah. courses. Wolfie and uh, Cavalier. Your, 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 your buddy, your buddy Wolf, who y'all have on the <laughs> office hours, who is a character who actually lives about an hour from me. We're going no, to lunch. Alabama's taking over the pot. Hey, look, I'm going to, I'm going to lunch with Michael next week. And so we'll, We'll give you a report from that, but uh, yeah, just that I, I do appreciate what Jim is doing and trying to, you know, give a place for golf books a home. And uh, so, yeah, if you can, uh, I'd love for people to order it, and I'm happy to sign books or do anything people want. Really, I just love talking to people, and I love talking about Scotland. I love talking about this book and anything I can do to help. So, thank you. Hey man, Jim, thank you, man. Like it's, I, I love you, dude. And it's, it's just, it was, it was the trip of a lifetime. So I love you guys. It's one of my favorite trips ever. And I think like I told you at the, the ferry terminal at Brodick, I just, uh, 
you know, I've done this, I've championed these courses for 30 years. And I think in my mind, you're like the logical successor to, you love this kind of stuff. And I, I think that's why we immediately became friends when we met. And, um, so I thank you for highlighting these places, which people don't talk about a lot and they're just the soul of golf and, um, you're the best and all you guys are and, and big who I love dearly is a great man. And, um, you know, has been great to me and had, had me on the trap draw a lot and, um, tell him I said hello and yeah, we'll hopefully we'll do something again soon. Yes, we will. Jim, thank you, man. Thanks guys. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!